Oh man, that's I think fun. eventually the doors got open because more kids wanted to go in and in. Yes. And when someone did that, it just like darted right out. Mm-hmm. And we lost it for we lost it. weeks. So apparently, it's still in the church today. It's <laughs> its location is still unknown. It's true. Uh, it, it got out. It got out. It got out. It we'll get we'll out. say that. My name is Caroline Whitman. I'm the director of communications and care, and I'm here actually in Stroud's office. The <laughs> senior pastor's away, and we play in here yeah, <laughs> with Pastor Johnny. We've turned it into actually a cafe. Yep. No, yeah. <laughs> serving coffee. No, we are we are in Pastor Gerald's office. That's right. Yes, we are. It's a new location for us. Uh, less echo we hear, which I I think overall that's a good thing. Yeah, that's less true. echo. Um, we don't have a dog this episode. I know. I've missed my dog. I Less, haven't seen her oh. hardly at all today. I guess she updates left every week from Lily. <laughs> from Lily. Okay. <laughs> and that voice yes. was from Lori Wilcher, who Hello. is with us today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We're probably a little too much into her. So if, uh, if I'm honest, we really like our dog. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I can't you, remember. Are you a dog person? Yeah, I was going to say. I like dogs. We did not grow up with pets. Neither of my parents are pet okay. people. I'm not really a pet person, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I like other people's. I don't need yeah. to have one myself. Yeah. <laughs> did you grow up with pets? I grew up with a black lab, and she was like, we lived near a lake, and so she loved her little loop around the lake, and then if you threw something in the lake, she would like do a... Oh like yeah! Stretched oh, out, that's the jumped best. into the lake. <laughs> yeah. And so I have like great memories with her, but I don't imagine uh, welcoming in a dog to our current family. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like like um, chaos you can opt into or out yes. of. Yeah, and yeah. I'm happy with my opt out right now. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I do think we're in a good phase of life yeah. to do it because one, Christine and I are both like pretty into dogs like we really mm-hmm. like dogs like sometimes it's like one spouse is like all in and I guess like, and you yeah. know the other one really wants one but we're both like really like dogs and uh, our kids are older so they can yeah. they can help so. yeah yeah we grew up with different my grandparents bred Dobermans I think I've said that before yeah so that was there's that experience and then we had a greyhound and just different dogs so big dogs then um exclusively yes, and only yeah big dogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so different than this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Christine, I think, has like a pretty funny phrase. And again, maybe I've already shared this, but she's like, if I have to take care of the dog, the dog has to be able to take care of me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, that allows me to have a big dog. So I'm like, I like that. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yes. <laughs> Whatever it takes. That's so anyways. Oh. So we're excited to hear from Lori and we'll hear what she does in a second. But first I have to share this. The story that involves Lori, that's like when I think of my interactions with Lori, it's just like, you know how you get like a six second mental picture that's like stands for a moment in time, but you really just like play the six seconds of tape in your mind. So uh, circa 2019, just two 
measly years ago, but it feels like forever. <laughs> and we had a overnight at the church with middle school. And Lori is a middle school leader. And um, there was a bat in the dining room. Oh, man, I remember this. <laughs> and I got this text. I got six, this text. The six seconds I have in my mind is, now you can fill in the details because I'm sure I forgot. Was it Cameron and Isaac you let into the dining room to trap this bat? And then Lori is like pressed up against the glass directing them. Like, no, hands up. No, you come from this side and scare them. They were, yeah, they were really trying to like corral it somewhere. And they were like begging me to go in because I was like standing guard at the door for a long time. Like, no one's going in here. Not on my watch. And then. Older boys were like, I really oh, want to go it. in. We I think it. I can do it. And I was like, I'm going to let you try. So but I, like, like, put, you're like I literally like pushed them in and like closed the doors <laughs> while everyone else yeah. watched. And I go by and Lori's like frantically pointing and like, no, you come over here. Well, like, because like, at one point too, it started like circling while they were in there. And I was like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> Oh man! That's I think funny. eventually the doors got open because more kids wanted to go in and in. Yes. And when someone did that, it just like darted right out. Mm-hmm. And we lost it for we lost it. weeks, so apparently. It's still in the church today. It's, <laughs> its location is still unknown. Yes, it's true. Uh, it, it got out. It got out. It got out. It we'll we'll out. say that. We'll say that. Maybe it got out. That would be a funny prank, though, to like make a bunch of eighth grade boys think you saw <laughs> one and be like, hey, go in there. And then be like, oh, there it is there. And they'd be like, totally buy in. We, okay, this is random. I grew up at a. All right, grew up. I went to a Bible college uh, for my undergraduate, and uh, every year they would have like this guys worship, like the like to like kick off like the school year. They have like this guys worship night, girls worship night, of course separate, and uh, <laughs> and I, it was like in northern Wisconsin, so you'd get roadkill a lot, um, and so we, <laughs> me and my buddies found a dead. Uh, skunk roadkill. Oh no! So we had the idea. So we, anytime there was roadkill, you just figure out what to do with it, prank someone, do something. So we got it. Like fully developed brains with this. Oh idea, right? yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no, kidding. not fully developed brains. No. As a matter of fact, no, not fully developed <laughs> at all. I mean, maybe it's supposed to be, but it was not. So we launched <laughs> this thing into the like um, middle of this worship service, and it. Everyone scatters worship service <laughs> over. Like, <laughs> done. Like, oh the leaders are like, all right, I guess everyone, you can go back. And, like, you always wanted to get honorable mention in chapel, like, because, like, if they knew someone did something, and, but they didn't know who, you know, they do the, like, hey, if you did this, you need to turn yourself in. And like, <laughs> you'd be there, like, yeah, we made it. We, you know, we got the mention. <laughs> and you did. Did you? Uh, yeah, and then the stories were amazing. They were, like, we heard people, like, there was two or three running around, but there was just one dead one. <laughs> that was it. But it was, like, it was, uh, so, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, you could do that with a bat. You know, that's just Absolutely an option for if you ever do. Um, yes, a good control. So, it was, uh, fear. we got a lot of fun out of that. Wow. Um, so, Lori, can you tell <laughs> us, for those who don't know you by name, like maybe they've seen you around, tell us a little bit about like how long you've been coming to Calvary, how you heard about Calvary, and then like what um, circles do you run in? Like how might people know your face even if they don't connect a face and a name? Yeah. Um, so my name is Lori Wilcher. I have been attending Calvary probably about seven years now. Um, I heard from it first I was living with, a friend that I teach with 
nearby in Forest Park, and we were both kind of church shopping for a year, and she visited here on her own, and then came to me and said, I really think you should come with me. Like, mm. it, I, we knew how each other grew up, we kind of know each other's vibe, and she was like, I really think you'd like it. And so I came and I was like, oh yeah, this is my place. Oh wow. <laughs> so that was really great. I like went home to my dad and I was like, you'd love it. Like my parents <laughs> came for a year. Wow. Cause I was like the preaching, like, yes. I just know what you'd like and this is what you'd like. And uh -huh. so, so it really and they felt pretty far away, right? Yeah. Which is why they didn't become members. Otherwise they would have. Okay. Wow. So, wow. yeah, they really loved it here too. But I was just like, hmm. I really enjoyed coming every week. Um, and then when it came time for me to feel like I need to get more involved, I joined middle school ministry. Um, I teach middle school. So that just kind of felt mm. like the sweet spot for me of like where I can serve. And I know like I'm good at that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, honestly, if you know me, you probably know a middle schooler that knows me <laughs> and will say hi to me as I'm walking around <laughs> or tell me they have drama to share with me on Tuesday. <laughs> That's often what happens. You get Sunday, like, prep yourself. On Tuesday, oh, I yeah. have a story. I'll be talking with, like, adults, and they'll come by and be like, Tuesday, I've got tea. And I'm like, great. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, you've already kind of said teaching, but, like, what, like, when you say, like, this is my space, these are my people, like, what were the things that stood out to you that really, like, like man, this is where I feel like I can grow? I really loved, first of all, the diversity of just the congregation and just the leadership. I think that stood out to me. I grew up going to a small Christian Reformed church that was all white people. Mm -hmm. And I knew when I left there that that was something I did not want. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to kind of expand out from that. So yeah. I really loved and appreciated seeing that. Um, and then I think outside of that, just the preaching. I, when I first came here, Gerald, Gerald preached, and then the next week it was Todd. And I was like, okay, okay so there's definitely two people here right <laughs> off the bat that like, I love, I'm into. That's um, awesome. Yeah, just I loved, I felt very like convicted mm. after leaving. So Wow. And you were the middle school director when you for Actually, Carolina. Joey Cochran was. Oh, yeah, Joey yeah. was. No, okay. Lori's. Goes you've before been me. In, so you've been in middle school for a while. <laughs> for a while. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, wow, so very cool. I really only kind of observed a little bit when Joey was here. Maybe the first year that I was like full in, but it was still really small. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd say it probably took on a much bigger role when Caroline was here. And now that Nigel is here. <laughs> <laughs> Even bigger role. You're running it. He, he tells me that all the time. <laughs> he tells me all the time. I'm just the face. It's just <laughs> the pretty face. Lori's running it. I was like, that's not true. But <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's super cool. He's told me before, like, if Lori's not there, like, I don't have a right arm. Like, I <laughs> He's, like, told kids, like, don't hurt my right arm. Because oh if, if she gets hurt, like, this whole ship's going down. Like, <laughs> you be nice to her. You be nice to her. <laughs> that's awesome. And then, like, at the end of it, you'd be like, no, I'm serious. You think I'm joking right yes. now, but I'm serious. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, one of the questions as we kind of get into, like, you know, your vocation and um, uh, and just kind of how God brought you into what you're doing is first to kind of just hear, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, and so when you're a little kid, young, 
did you imagine doing what you're doing now or is there another projection you had and how did that kind of develop then? And if it is the same thing, what was the path? If it took a different course, how did it do that? So yeah, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> when I was young, so I grew up like early 90s, early mid 90s. Um, <laughs> that you can tell that influences my choices. In school and everything, what I wrote down was either a figure skater because, you know, Christy Yamaguchi, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Or I wanted to be an NBA sportscaster because we really oh, loved yeah. watching the Bulls. I know nothing about, like, how I would have done that. But yeah. It's what I wanted to do. Um, not at all what I'm doing now. So. <laughs> how old are you? I'm 33. 33. Okay, so I'm 39. And uh, I do tell people, like, the, Jor the Bulls era, the Jordan era, even though I'm a soccer player, we didn't have access to European soccer on TV growing up for me. Yeah. Um, like my kids do now. Um, but like from 10 years old to 18 years old um, was when Jordan won his six championships. And that was just like life in the world. In my house too, my mom is not into sports at all. Yeah. She has brothers that were, but she was never into sports. Um, and she was flipping channels one night and saw saw him playing and got hooked and so for years <laughs> so awesome. we watched nba oh, like with my mom yeah. in a bulls t-shirt yeah. like cheering at the tv my dad really would be like who is this woman yeah because i don't know her. <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> but like we all really like oh cool got into that so but oh. you didn't end up getting into sports casting. did not get into sports <laughs> casting, no. for it. that you dream died <laughs> so yeah so we what else have we had we've had uh neurosurgeon yeah. when they grew up um wanted, wanted to be a neuro and so we gave her we kind of gave her a hard time for that that was a, that was a weird one <laughs> and we did have soccer player yes we did have soccer players so but sportscaster that's a new one yeah I, what was the other one you said sportscaster and figure skater figure which skater. i never skated at all as a child but, you know <laughs> so that one never that one never took off happen. at least you watched <laughs> basketball games i did and i did watch figure skating we were into watching okay, the olympics yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were into that, but it was more just like the, hey, that's fun, and yeah. never pursued anything related to it. Okay, funny. So then maybe now you can tell us um, what your kind of job title is, where you work, what's comprised of your kind of day-to-day -day responsibilities, um, and then since you didn't end up being a sportscaster yeah. or a figure <laughs> skater, what got you to where you are doing what you're doing now? Yeah. First, what do you do? Uh, so I am a teacher at Chicago Westside Christian School. It's a small private school in North Lawndale. I am finishing up my 11th year there, which sounds crazy cool. wow. <laughs> that I have spent a third of my life teaching yeah. at yeah. that school. Wow. Um, but I have. Yeah. So I am the eighth grade homeroom mm. teacher. I always have been. And my job has kind of shifted a little bit as I've been there. I feel like this year in particular, they've like compartmentalized everything and I'm like right where I want to be. So I teach all of middle school math and Bible. Oh, okay. Which oh. is an interesting combination, but yeah, yeah. is where I've ended up. And okay. I'm very glad about that. So And that has I may be wrong on this, but that has CRC connections. It does it have CRC. A C it, yeah. It, or it was a CRC school, right? It was, yeah. And there okay, still so are some of those connections. Yes. It was kind of like born out of Timothy Christian. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. That's right. So it was a place for their African-American students to have Christian education yep. originally. 
Yeah. Um, kind of during, I think, like the 50s, 60s. Okay, okay wow. 60s era, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been there a while. I really enjoy it, clearly. Yeah. I've stayed there a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then how I got into it, I really, like, didn't have any idea what I wanted to do until my senior year of high school. I, in eighth grade, had a math teacher that I really did not like. We did not get along. I hated her teaching style. I felt like I taught myself all of eighth grade. And then my brother's four years younger than me. So when I was a senior in high school, he was in eighth grade and had her. And he had the exact same problems I had. So every day he'd come home from school and we'd sit and like I'd help him with his math. And at some point I was like, you know, I think I could actually do this as a job. Math was always like came easy to me. I really enjoyed it. And yeah. I was like, I'm actually kind of okay at this, yeah. like teaching it to someone else thing. So yeah. went into that in college and it ended up being really good for me. Um, I went to Trinity Christian College and while I was there, I was taught by two former principals of my current school. Oh, and wow. I don't know what it was exactly that they like saw or noticed, but one of them in particular was like, you need to apply to this school mm. my senior year and like gave me a letter of recommendation. Like you need to go apply because I really think you need to be there. And yeah. wow. that worked out really well for me. Yeah. Wow. And, um, you know, I'm thinking, uh, and maybe this is reading too much into it, but, uh, sometimes you end up doing things job or whatever because you're inspired by someone and yeah you're like I want to like they did this for me or I've just seen them and they inspire me and sometimes mm -hmm. it's like it should be better than that yeah <laughs> like and I think I can do that better and someone should be doing it better for kids at this age is it fair to say that the latter yeah it is I, what you experience. Yeah. I feel bad because I know a lot of teachers. <laughs> no a lot names, of teachers. No names. No. But it, a lot of teachers have the experience of like, I was so inspired by like the best yeah. teacher I ever had. Yeah. Like, that's great. And I love the teachers I had. But that one was just not great. And it. Yeah. I think more for me, seeing my brother go through the experience with her was like, mm, so that's still happening. Mm. And I don't love that. Yeah. But there had to be tied into that. Like, yeah. Like, but the the relational side of it of like students at this phase yeah. should have a better experience with this content yeah, to not disillusion them from just growth and learning. And I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. that's all tied into it. It is. And I think too, just like that age in particular, yeah. I think middle schoolers are probably the most underrated group of students <laughs> out there. Yeah. I, every time I say I teach middle school, I get I'd say probably 95% of the time I get the reaction of like, ugh, mm. or like, God bless you. Yeah, yeah. There's an aide at school that tells me I have a special anointing all the time. Just <laughs> <Code laughs> a nice way of saying, I don't like spending time with middle school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. But I, I think And then you can say so back fun. to them and be like, how do you feel about not having a special anointing? <laughs> what, what's I it like not to not? I tried that. What's it like to not have a special anointing? Do you enjoy your life or no? that's kind of cool that I have a special one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, I think people just don't want to spend time with them. Yeah. And that's like exactly who I want to spend mm. all my time with. Clearly, since I'm volunteering to all spend even more time with yeah. them here. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you know what? I, and so maybe this is another conversation piece 
and we've had this with a couple other people. Um, well, just with the Moors talking with Monica about her profession and a little bit with Luisa also, just the sense of like going into a vocation because I, I enjoy the, the skills necessary the to do this. Yeah, the craft. I enjoy the craft. Um, or I enjoy, and or, I enjoy the demographic of people I get to, like, do this craft with. Yeah. Right? So there's, like, two sides. And I'm, I guess I'm assuming for you, just in already hearing, it's, it's obviously both. I would yeah. say, right? Yeah. So it's for you, it's like, but is there one that's more primary for you? Would you say like, man, I really feel called to like the middle school age because there's something I see in that phase of life that I don't care if I was teaching science. I don't care if I wasn't teaching, but I was running a camp program for middle school kids. Or, I mean, I could do a totally different craft, but I want this age group. Or is it like, I really, really like to teach math. I really, really like to teach Bible. And I could do this with high school kids, or I could do this with um, first graders. Which is the primary? I feel like I would lean towards the, the age group. Yeah. Just like when I decided, like, I think I want to do teaching, I have never questioned that I wanted to teach middle school. Mm. It has always been the age group. And I've done oh, cool. student teaching with younger kids with older kids and really felt in both those like I already knew I wanted middle school yeah and that is exactly they're my people yeah high school I've always said I I really don't think Mm. I could younger kids I know for sure I couldn't (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and I mean math is always what I've wanted to teach but I've always wanted to teach it to middle schoolers in particular yeah Mm. and then to tease it out a little bit what in your experience in working with middle schoolers has like, I mean, clearly I'm sensing from you just like a cemented, tattooed, branded in your heart, um, a continued passion for middle school students. And so um, what about that phase of life? And maybe, so what about that phase of life? And maybe you could, I feel like now I'm going to ask a question you would ask, like what's a specific story (laughs) that you would... um, like help us understand why this phase of life is so important to you. Like this kid and and this, or maybe even sharing with us really hard. This didn't turn out as well as I wished it would, or, or this did turn out really well. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe a storied answer to why this phase of life, does that sound like a Caroline question? A little bit. (laughs) I like it. I like (laughs) your question. So (laughs) sure. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy middle school because I think, number one, they have a great sense of humor. Mm. Um, (laughs) They don't always get their feelings hurt right away if you, like, poke at them a little bit. Uh Um, But they also are still at the age where they're, like, our ages are so separated, especially when I first started at 22. Yes. Like, our ages are separated enough that there's still a healthy level of respect there of, like, you know where the line is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can go right up to that line. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm still in charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, Nice. And I, yeah, I think they just are so fun. But they also are so sweet. Like, they really will just say, like, the nicest things. Um, 
We tomorrow is our spirit. We're having spirit week at school. Tomorrow is dressed like a character, any character you want. And I already have a student who said, "I'm coming as you. Oh, what do you like to wear?" Oh, no. She's like asking me all about That's my outfit hilarious. today. Like, and I was like, "I'm not really a book character." She goes, "But you're a character. I'm coming as you." <laughs> or like superheroes, yeah. whatever. I'm coming yeah. as you. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm gonna cry." <laughs> Yeah, that's oh. awesome. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's like a particular story that like stands out about why they, I don't know. What's been, what's like um, when you leave the day more energized than you came, mm-hmm. what happens in a day to make mm-hmm. you feel more like Ooh. this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. This was fun, almost. <laughs> like, today I, was fun. I think a lot of it is just, like, things that they say or do that, like, yes. really make me laugh. One-liners? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have great one-liners. Or, like, comebacks to things that you're like, where did that even come from? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know you were, I didn't know you had that in you. Yeah. Um, I would say a big thing for me also, especially in math, is, like, those aha moments. Uh-huh. Kids will hear me say, I'm, like, I'm waiting for the light bulbs to go off, and you'll hear a kid across the room go, oh, yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, I love those moments. I feel yeah. like those really just, like, bring me so much joy throughout any class period. Yeah, I, I can resonate with that. I mean, even from the coaching side of things, um, there's very specific style of soccer that we coach with. Um, uh, the head coach of the high school and I, and we also work with little kids. Um, and there are times where it's like, I, I tell the kids all the time, like, you don't play soccer first with your feet. You play with your head. Because you have to, if you cannot see the field, and you cannot play the game. And then just let your feet react. And then you put them in these situations, and, like, they start seeing things, and you're like, that's amazing. Yeah. You just totally executed that. You received it the right way. You opened your body up. You saw the play over there. And it's just like, there's, it's, there's so much reward in that. And it's like, even yeah. though I didn't like do that thing, yes. I feel so accomplished. Of course. Like, mm-hmm. of course. that was my job. And yeah. I did my job, even though it's you doing all the work yeah. up to this moment. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, that's cool. cool. And what's the reverse of that question where you're... Um, you know, kind of like have a day where that's like a really hard day, frustrating and kind of feeling not necessarily like I can't do this anymore yeah. per se, but just discouraged. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that deters people from middle school so much is the idea that they have like hormones and funky attitudes and all mm. of that. And there are definitely days that they do. Mm. And I, you can see in a classroom, like, one attitude like that can start, like, mm. affecting everyone else, teacher included, um, <laughs> where you have a moment where, like, you react, and yeah. then later you think, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that. I definitely have had moments where I've had to pull kids aside and be like, I'm really sorry. Mm. Like, clearly we were both in a bad place and both frustrated. I shouldn't have said that to you. We need to, like, grow from this experience together. Mm. Um and yeah, it just makes you feel bad. Like you're supposed to be the model mm. of behavior in that classroom. And when that goes south every once in a while, it, it feels really bad. Yeah, I think there's like certain professions um, that growing up you don't really see as like fully human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the vulnerability like side teachers, of human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they're not supposed to make mistakes. Yeah. And they're not supposed to have like bad days. Mm-hmm. They're just supposed to come in and like just be steady every time 
and to show a kink in the armor as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, especially at, I would say even especially middle school and under. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm just thinking back to my experience of, like you just thought, yeah, they just, not that they did no wrong, but like if they did do a wrong, it was a more offensive. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. more wrong. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to, you know, you're the teacher, you're, you know. Um, but it's like, I have raised children and uh, being in charge of them. It's like, there is, there's plenty of kinks in the armor. <laughs> and so the teachers are with them. I mean, oftentimes now teachers are with our kids if they're in school, not homeschooled, like more than we are. Yeah. Right. And they yep. have to deal with not only mine, but 20 others of them or however many. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course there's going to be kinks in the armor. Yeah. Mm. That's super interesting. Um, As somebody who a hated math and B probably shed more tears in math class <laughs> than outside of math class, like throughout my middle school and up years. Mm-hmm. I very much appreciate like a math teacher who's like passionate specifically about like the light bulb coming on and patient with questions. And yeah. like, I distinctly remember each of my math teachers because of how much I hated it and it like <laughs> counted down per minute on the side of my like notebook paper <laughs> until oh. it was done. Yeah. I was not a math person either. Yeah. Um, but I refused to give them like my emotion to math. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I hate you and I want nothing to do with you. You go over there. I'll stay over here. <laughs> science is that for me. I, science is not my thing mm-hmm. at all. I subbed, I had to sub one time for a fifth grade science class out of a textbook and I still told them everything wrong. <laughs> like I came back the next day and they were all like, you did a bad job. And yeah. I was like, I know I did. I told you I did when it was <laughs> happening. But I'm hearing like the vulnerability of owning up to things. Like that's oh, yeah. beauty. Like that's, uh, there's so much beauty in that, that you're willing to do that in front of kids, right? Yeah. Like, What was your favorite subject? In- uh, I really liked English. And oh, okay. like the poetry writing realm. Yeah. Yeah. Also Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I would have been history. Mm. Um, what a Lori, what would have been, was math your favorite? Math was my favorite by yeah, far. Growing up. Yep. Oh. Very logical. Just, yeah. I like that there's one answer. English. I always, I was okay at it, but I was always like, I don't I have to write a whole paragraph and there could be like a million right things to say. Like <sighs> that stressed me out a little yeah. bit. Oh, funny. Um, What's another interesting piece of just talking with everyone about like what they do and why they do what they do, what brought them there um, is like, what has, how has God wired you uh, to make you sense like this is the right fit? Not just in the sense of like, I can like see the need, but what he has done in shaping you for working with middle school students. So what do you see about yourself that you think, 
I think God's made me to do this. Not just I'm passionate for it, yeah. but because of this, this, and this, these, these and these reasons, I feel like God's, God's made me for this. Um, I think just like life experience, most people hate middle school, like their own middle school experience. I loved my middle school experience. <laughs> really? Like I, yes. Oh, wow. I look back on middle school as like prime time of my life back then in my childhood. High school went down? I mean, it was okay, but I just really loved mm. middle school. For the most part, I really liked my teachers. I loved my friends. I loved just, like, the content, activities. So, like, I feel like because that was my perspective then, that really shaped me to be, like, that's a place I would love to go back to mm. and spend more of my time, you know, as a job. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say since then, too, um, being at my school in particular is just a place that I have grown so much just I mean spiritually and just like in my self I definitely growing up was like kind of quiet kind of reserved which I know when people hear that about me they're always like mm, really and I'm like <laughs> yes um we need references for that I know, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um but then like just spending more time, even just in college, being in classrooms with students, doing all student teaching and everything, I really felt like, okay, this is a place where, like, I'm getting outside of myself, um, and I don't think I really even tried to do that mm. up until that point. Um, and I just feel like God is really, has called me specifically to the community that I teach in. Like I said, I grew up in a community. I mean, I went to a Christian Reform church, a Christian Reform school. It was basically all white Dutch people, mm. which I am both white and Dutch. Like, everyone was basically like me. And then teaching in North Lawndale, where the majority of our school is African-American, um, just really, like, has shifted a lot of my worldview. And I think it's done that in, like, the best possible ways. Mm. So I really see God, like saying to me like that's this is for you um tell us i guess can you speak to specifically this year did you feel yeah wow. more significant grind this year did you feel the uh, a sweet spot like clicking of ideas and like understanding math slash like funny one-liners like the things that come make teaching come alive for you <laughs> did you feel that to the extent that you normally do this year um, funny one-liners, yes. Kids are still funny, even if it's over Zoom. <laughs> um, in terms of, like, those moments that, like, I get so much joy out of, not really. Um, the beginning of the year, I was in school half of a day every week. We went to school on Wednesdays and stayed outside just to see each other so we wouldn't all go crazy. Um, and as the year has gone on, we've added more time. So now I'm full-time four days and being together in person just makes such an impact. Mm. Like I thrive on personal relationship. Um, it's definitely, I think one of my strong suits with middle school kids as a teacher, kids like math because they like me. Mm. That's more my perspective. I think if I make them feel comfortable, it doesn't matter what I'm teaching. They're there for it. Yep. They're excited about it. And that is so much harder to do across the screen we're very limited in that I'm not seeing them in the hallway anymore, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, that just really, it brought me down for sure mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. They're still funny, though. Yeah. My friend and I would take videos or screenshots of 
kids doing and saying weird things all over Zoom, and <laughs> it's great. What do you feel, and I, and I wasn't thinking of, which is kind of obvious we're still in it, but the teacher experience of COVID, maybe you could, I mean, I'm sure there's a hundred things to say, but I don't know, maybe the first two things that you think of about, and I'm, I'm obviously, there'll probably be teachers listening to this, but yeah. just like that will be like, can you speak for all of us? It's been a hard year. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. maybe just kind of like what from the teacher's perspective has COVID been like this year? I think it's definitely been a challenge. It's a bigger challenge to be engaging when you're not together. Um, and also just in what activities we can do over a Zoom call. I can't ask kids to have like a million materials at home that I'd like them to have. We can't do hands-on activities really. Yeah. So I feel like I had to be a lot more creative in terms of like, how do I give a variety of what we have to do while still like getting through all of the content that I need to. Assessment was also just so hard. When kids yes. are at home, there yes. is no way for me to really know what you're doing are you just googling answers because even in person kids will literally google like a whole word problem and you have to sit there and laugh and go you guys just don't even understand how google works like <laughs> there's no concept yeah. of that. instead of a calculator kids will pull up google and start typing yeah. a math from it and i'm like oh guys like, their yeah. whole life they were able to do that Exactly. And they still do it. Even after you say like, there's a quicker, more efficient way, even yeah. if you're cheating, there's a quicker, more efficient way to like cheat on that. If you're going to cheat, like, cheat well. Do you know? <laughs> but so like while they're at home, there's no way to tell that. At the end of yeah. last year, we weren't allowed to grade things that hurt students' grades or impacted their grades negatively, yeah, yeah, yeah. which sounded crazy to me. But at the same time, I understand. I can't know for sure what you're doing at home or what you're actually understanding when you're just like trying to google things to get a grade so that was really a challenge and I think more for our students the bigger challenge has just been like the social emotional piece to school I think we're seeing as a result of COVID and I think just our world now there's so many more cases of kids just like struggling with really bad anxiety or depression and like I didn't I know when I was growing up I didn't really hear about kids in middle school having that mm. when mm. I was there and now it's like rampant mm. like kids often express yeah. those feelings and I think COVID has just really brought that out so for me as a teacher, I've had to do a lot more like learning on how to be sensitive and accommodating to all of those feelings that I haven't really had to deal with yeah. in my teaching career, even yeah. the way we have now. Yeah. Uh, my oldest son goes to OPRF and uh, I don't know, at some point they sent an email out that they weren't going to be doing final exams they're giving up, which is this week, this bridge week to basically kind of make up any unfinished assignments yeah. to get the best grade possible. Um, and I think it was in the email that they were explaining that maybe it was a different email, but I think it was in that email. They also, I think even used the word grace. <laughs> like, yeah. And I just thought it was like, uh, at first, my first impression was when we, they couldn't last spring that their grades wouldn't get any worse based on what happened at some point on. Yeah. 
I was thinking to myself, there, I have nothing left to motivate my child to do good. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? And it ended up fine. But, and then with this year saying they're not going to do a final exams and give, and, but at the same time, give students a whole week to just get caught up under the umbrella of like, it's been a hard year for students and we want to like give them the best foot forward possible and be gracious to them and patient with them. And I was like, wow, that was a pretty cool Christian response. Yeah. I would say from our local school in response to a really challenging year for students. And I just thought that was, that was a cool response of theirs. Mm. And, and there are at the very least great motivation for what they were wanting. Yeah. To, you know, to, great motivation's hard. Yeah. I love it and hate it at the same time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So COVID it's been, yeah, I'm assuming just, yeah, just extremely hard. And the idea of like interacting with students, like how much it affects us interacting with two dimensional human beings instead of three dimensional mm -hmm. human beings. Did you feel that very much? And yeah. And, and what is that? Like, what was the kind of at the end of the week feeling for you when you were feeling the like grind of that? Yeah, I feel like it was, like, usually at the end of a school day, like, teachers will go find their other teacher friends, and you talk about your day, good and bad, all of that. And I feel like over Zoom calls, during that whole, especially first quarter of the year for me, it was, there was so much more negative than there was positive, it felt. Normally, I have, like, so many great things that happen during my day that I want to tell people about, and it was like, I'm you're almost struggling to find some of those yeah, yeah. because a lot of the good things you're sharing are more relational rather than just content based. Yeah. Um, and over, yeah, over zoom calls, it seemed a lot more just like sterile. Like this is the work we have to get done. Kids are trying to get work done fast. So they can just leave and take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> like I got to ask that question a lot. Like, yeah. If I'm done, can I just go? I'm tired. Oh. But yeah. So I feel like I was, yeah, just more struggling to find the joy totally. of teaching rather than. Yeah. Do you what feel I that the experience of that will going into like next year mm. have impact on how you teach? I mean, I don't know like what concretely you could say. I don't know, but do you feel like it's really affected your approach? Or maybe it's just of appreciation or what it may be. And I'll tack on to that. I'm yeah. curious, like, what reverberations you'll see from, like, grades coming up. Yeah. Gaps and mm. yeah. habits form that you're going to have to un... So, either one. Answer yeah. We already did have gaps. And thankfully, we're a small enough school where I just had, like, the fifth grade teacher came to me and was like, this is what we didn't get to. And I'm like, great. That's where I'm starting with sixth grade. Like... We'll just, we'll carry on. We'll get to what we get to in every grade. That's kind of been everyone's perspective in that. That's fine. Um, I think for me next year, I probably have to be more understanding and I don't know if cautious is the right word, but we do still have students that are full remote. Like we're doing a hybrid mm -hmm. where most of our students are in, but in every grade, I still have like one to three students who are at home wow. zooming while I'm teaching in person. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping then that next year they're with us, but having over a year 
of being at home, I think for them is just going to be such a hard adjustment, especially while they know that like the rest of us are there building friendships, yes, all of that. And they haven't really been a part of that. I feel like that has to be pretty intimidating to come back into. And so I feel like I have to just be more like understanding and open and encouraging to those students coming back. Um, Hmm. And I think probably from day one, like we try to do so much like team building at our school and like community building. And I think that's just going to be like even more on the forefront for us at the beginning of next year. Like we really have to be a community in order for us to continue to thrive, even if that looks still a little different. I don't know what next school year looks like still. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's hard. Not totally knowing, you know, what next, next year will look like you have six to eighth graders i do so potentially most of the seventh and eighth graders will be vaccinated maybe not yeah potentially i have a couple that are getting vaccinated now although they don't really understand how it works i had a kid get vaccinated he got his first shot he's getting a second one june 2nd he's like june 3rd y'all i'm coming in here no mask be ready for me (laughs) i was like not the way it works. <laughs> yeah. I've been vaccinated since March, and here yeah, I am. Still, yeah. <laughs> I was very disappointed to hear that Aww. news. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. But, yeah, I'm hoping that a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. But, Lori, yeah, we'll see. How do you see your piece of, like, your job, your piece of the puzzle in the grand scheme of, like, how God is doing his work through the world? Tell us how... Um, like, how do you view your classroom in your school in this one city yeah. um, as, a, as a part of God's grand work? Um, I would say for me that I feel that a lot more in teaching Bible. I feel like that's a very clear connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but often in Bible and in other classes, we like to open up, or I like to open up, um, just room for discussion and questions and at my school, it is a Christian school, but we have kids all sorts of places on the spectrum in terms of, like, their faith and what that looks like. I have kids that they say, like, chapel once a week, which we haven't even had this year. But normally, chapel once a week for us is their church. Like, that's where they experience worship and fellowship together. Um, and I have other kids who are very involved in their church and are there multiple days a week. So... There's just a very wide spectrum of like what kids know and what they understand. So having just like a safe environment for them to ask a million questions um, just feels really good. And I feel like that's like where I kind of make an impact with them. Like ask away. I don't care if it sounds stupid to you or weird. Like I'll try my best to answer it. Let's look at what scripture has to say about it. And then really just trying to focus on like building personal relationship of, with Christ for them. Like that's kind of my, I always do a unit like that. Just really trying to say before you go off to high school, because mm. all, all of them, they just like spread out all over the city hmm. from where we are. There is, mm. There's not like a feeder school they go right. into. They just like gone. Um, so for a lot of them, it's like this may be your last really like experience in Christian fellowship if your family is isn't involved in that. So I really just want to make an impact on them. Like, yes, why is your faith important? How do you continue to grow that even just on your own moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I get a lot of, I don't know. I feel like that's really meaningful yes. for me. So I really want to make an impact in that way. Yes. 
if you were to, I'm, just, I'm thinking if we were all together as a Calvary family and people are going down the line kind of saying what they do with their life, what their jobs are and these kind of things. And, and you were trying to portray it in the like m- most impactful, meaningful way. This is what I do. And this mm-hmm. is why I do that. How would you like in a, or I was going to say succinct, but it doesn't have to be super, you know, necessarily succinct, but just how would you like describe like thinking of a congregation full of Calvary people who are all by God's spirit in their own vocational places, the dispersed body of Christ mm-hmm. in the world. And then there's Laurie, who's the middle school teacher and her dispersedness. Yeah. And say, like, this is why I do what I do as a spirit-sent um, member of this church. Um, so my school has a mission statement that mm. I just really love. Mm. Um, I used to have it memorized. I don't exactly have it memorized. <laughs> but it's about, like, having Christ- dynamic Christian education that, you know, helps to grow our students spiritually, emotionally, creatively, socially. Mm. It goes through the gamut. But then the last line of it is... So is to equip them to lead and serve mm. their communities mm. in Christ. And I feel like that has mm. just always resonated with me. And that is the biggest impact my job could have. Mm. I want them to leave our school or even the middle schoolers here. We really want to imprint that too. Yes. You leave here to go out to the rest of the world to lead and to serve. And you're doing that for Christ. Mm. And that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, that kind of um, reproducing yeah. impact and that that's really cool. When you think of in a profession, I think there's always a sense of there's maybe a particular person or a kind of person that you would want to think about you, Lori is doing a really good job with what she's doing. Yeah. Who would that be? Or like what type of person would that be? Like that could be a principal. It could be a parent. It could be a friend from college. It could be, I don't know, a number of things. I can think of like a number of, well, so my, my dad died when I was, um, 19. Mm-hmm. And so he never really got to see me as like, uh, a husband, yeah. you know, a father, a pastor whatever. So it's like, it'd be nice at some point to be like, it turned out all right, dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> it turned out all right. Yeah. Um, who do you have in your mind? And I think there's something unique about vocation to that. Yeah. Not just, not just you as a person are honorable person, which is great yeah. in and of itself. But like directly connected to like what I do with my Monday to Saturday dynamic, that this person would look at you and say, I'm really proud of you. Mm. Who would That's that be? That's a great be? question. I think a lot of it for me is probably students that have moved on from my <laughs> school, awesome. honestly. I love that answer. You know, I... I'm still mm. um, in contact with many students who have graduated awesome. every year. I got one this morning. I got an invitation to mm. a high school graduation party. 
mm-hmm. a lot of those. But just, I really want them to leave. I would feel just so much joy out of them mm. saying like, you really did a great job mm. for me. I used to teach writing, which I don't know why I ever taught writing. That was a terrible <laughs> place for me to be. But I had a student who went on to high school and as she was in college, she like contacted me and said, I just want to let you know, like every paper I did all high school, I wrote an outline and I wrote an outline because mm. you taught me that I needed mm. to do that before I just started writing a paper mm. and it made a huge impact on wow. me. And that's like tear inducing oh, right there, sure. you know? Mm. So I don't know. I just really want, I hope that they feel like mm. that was a great experience for me. And I was able to like take things from that moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And parents. I, I, I hope parents feel that about me too. Mm. Yes. I was, this is actually a good segue because I had this question lingering in my mind for a while and I've been trying to figure out how to ask it well, but you alluded to how many people have misconceptions about the middle school age mm-hmm. range or even not misconceptions, even accurate depictions right. of it <laughs> um, that are hard. But what do you wish people knew about? It feels like you found this like diamond in the rough about the middle school years and that there's something you love about it. What do you wish other people would see in their middle school son or daughter or their niece or nephew or their friend or like um, someone they serve with on Sunday mornings in the nursery who's a middle schooler? Like what do you, I guess as you're speaking, you can think you're speaking to parents or you're speaking to your Calvary family. What Mm -hmm. should we know about middle schoolers? I think that they although they may not seem like it at first, they're actually very willing to be open and like tell you everything happening in their lives. I think it's true of all kids, but middle school in particular, all they really want from you is to know that you see them and you hear them because they have a lot to say. And often I feel like at that age, they kind of feel like brushed off or like, eh, you just don't really know what you're talking about yet. You don't have life experience to know what you're talking about yet, but they just want to feel like I do have an opinion. I do have feelings. They matter. And you're willing to actually listen to them. I think one of the most important things that I do in middle school right now is the girls. I mean, we had to extend our time out to 850 because they just <laughs> want to sit in the basement and talk about everything going on in their lives. What can we be praying for each other about? Mm. And they share like deep things that I did not expect, but it's because it's a safe place where they know everyone there Mm -hmm. is listening to them and cares about them. And that's really the core of just what they want. They want from parents, they want from school, they want it everywhere. Yeah. I'm imagining how many times I hear like, oh, I'll talk about it with Lori on Tuesday. (laughs) Just feel like you are, you embody that safe place and you carve it out and you make space for it. Yeah. So I've, I've witnessed the impact that you have in the world of middle schoolers? Um, One, I think it's cool that when people have a clear, like, calling to a particular group of people Mm -hmm. and that they spend their lives learning about that group of people, right? I just think that's cool. And for you, it's middle school students. I was mm-hmm. thinking of the interview we just did with the Moors for Monica, um, early ch- childhood mm-hmm. development stage. Um, 
So, and that's kind of like related to what Caroline was asking and saying there. Um, I also think it's really cool that um, you uh, thought of first the students as the people you most valued their affirmation, most valued affirmation from. Yeah. And it's interesting to connect it to like the middle school teacher that you're hoping to be the antithesis of yeah because you could probably not in good conscience be like thank you and yeah. so to i to have feel seen her since fr- then yes i have not said thank you <laughs> <laughs> to feel that and you know god uses different things to bring good out in us sometimes a lot of times it is the negative um and so there's yeah, there's a lot of continuity in the way God's working in you and and using you. And so I just I just think that's that's super cool. Thank you. So we are um getting close to our, our closed time here and I'm such a broken record with this and it's gonna sound so lame just saying it again, but so fascinated to just hear the intricacies of, of your story as mm-hmm. it relates to your vocation. And I feel like I say that to everyone, but I think that it's just really cool. It's so easy at Calvary. And, I, and, and I've, we've heard this from people that are listening to the podcast that they just, um, you know, I think it was Cheryl Green said someone came up and hugged her or something like that. Like, it was like, oh, I'm sorry. Was that too much too soon? I just, I've never met you, but I just heard your story and I needed, <laughs> felt like I knew you and needed to hug you. Um, and so to give at church everyone can be very uh i don't mean this like super negative but just kind of like straight and plastic even though it's not that way fully it can be that way and we can lose the texture of who people are and so i think these interviews allow each of you to share the texture of your calling and your lives and your personalities and the way god's using you and so thank you you know, for being willing to share. Thank you. Yeah, that's super cool.